Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So before we dive in, I just want to give a quick shout out to Eddie, who emailed me in this past week. Um... And gave some nice feedback, and I always appreciate that. Um, really appreciate any feedback at all. So if anybody wants to send any form of feedback, that would be great. And um, he uh, gave, gave me some suggestions on things to cover in podcasts. So I wanted to put out there that I have already started working on those things. Um, specifically, sort of the stresses and rhythm stuff that you mentioned. And I definitely plan on getting through all of that stuff, although it might take three plus podcasts and then I'll probably still have to revisit it after as, um, uh, really, I almost feel like you gave me whole subject areas to talk about, which is exciting because some of those I had thought of, um, and some, some of them are like, oh, wow, now that you say that, it's pretty obvious. But, um, so I really appreciate that feedback and those suggestions and just you reaching out, Eddie. So, um, thank you. Thank you. And I hope that uh, this podcast and the future ones, that will, uh, some of them will be directly off of what you asked for, um, will be helpful to you. But today's podcast is all about chord roots and inversions. And you may or may not have heard of these. And... We have to start at the beginning with this. So we have chords, right? So what exactly is a chord? You might say, well, that's obvious. Um, and it sort of is, but let's give it a quick definition. So it's multiple notes played simultaneously, right? So this, that's not a chord, right? That's a really crappy sounding melody. <laughs> uh, really, it was just me playing three random notes. Um, but a chord is stuff like this, right? So it's just multiple notes played simultaneously is really what a chord is. And specifically today, we're going to talk about the root and inversions of triads because triads are sort of the heart of what chords are. Um, if you don't know what a triad is, a triad is basically a chord that's stacked in thirds. So all of your uh, basic chords, if you will, like if you are looking at a lyric sheet that has guitar chords just as like letters, so you see A minor or AM for A minor or A for A major or C for C major or whatever, those are all triads. Uh, if you hear, you know, C major chord or E minor chord, all of those are triads. And a triad is built from a first, a third, and a fifth, hence triad, right? Each, each one is a third from, from the last one. A third is up a third from a first, and a fifth is up a third from a third. So you get this, this. So that's your, your triad right there. 
Those are triads. They should be typical chords, really. So a C chord, we're going to use the key of C a lot today because um, key of C is the simplest to understand. Um, so it's the simplest to give examples. So we're mostly going to build off of the key of C today because the key of C is the key that has no sharps or flats. So if you're looking at a keyboard, for instance, that is all the, the uh, non-sharp flat notes, so all the white keys... And, you know, if, if you are a beginning pianist, um, this will be easier for you. And if you're not a pianist at all, it will be much easier for you, which is, which is sort of my goal. Because in my mind, at least, it's easiest to understand music theory from the perspective of the piano and really music in general. And a part of that is probably that I, um, my first instrument was piano and the instrument I'm best at is also piano, um, but but really, um, a piano just is sort of the classic way to sort of look at notes and see composition. There's a, I think there's a reason that a lot of composers are are pianists. But anyway, that is a tangent. So we've got it right. A triad. What a triad is? It's a first, a third, and a fifth. It's a chord stacked in thirds. It is. Basically, when you hear things like C major and A minor and C sharp diminished, all of those are triads. Now, there are exceptions like seventh chords and, you know, add two chords and suspended four chords and stuff like that, which I know we haven't covered yet, but we will be covering those here soon as well. Um, so we have a lot of stuff in the works especially in the music theory department and obviously the lyric structure and stresses and rhythms as well as, as uh, Eddie mentioned. So be looking forward to that stuff. Um, so what are inversions? Basically, they're the three different basic flavors of your triad because they all have the same notes, but they're in a different order. And those three triad flavors are root, first inversion, and second inversion. So there's only three here. And all of them are defined by the note in the bass. I want to get into some of the, um, the ways to look at this. Uh, but for now, we're going to just consider a pure triad, meaning literally three notes, not five notes with some with only three different notes and two of them are just in different octaves. We'll dive into that a little bit too to see the bigger picture of the meaning behind this. Um, but to start off to explain each, I'm going to stick with the, the basic triad. So we're going to start with the root. And the root will always start with the lowest note being the note that is the name of your chord. So... I said we're going to use the example of C. So in a C major chord, or C minor chord for that matter, or C diminished, or C augmented even, in all of those, the root triad, the root chord, will have the C in the bass. And we also know, as a triad is built on a 
third and a fifth that we have an E and a G right and if any of this is confusing you um, be sure to go to other podcasts because um, and by other podcasts I mean other episodes of this podcast I definitely have covered a lot of this before be sure to, to check out the stuff on keys uh, triads I think I have a whole podcast on triads uh, intervals stuff like that be sure to check that out because that will make this podcast make more sense um, also stay tuned because I'm going to announce a new guide that will also help you immensely and you could just read that guide and you will be right tracking with us um, but for the rest of you or if you're still listening which hopefully you are, if any of this is confusing you, because you know you're just going to re-listen to this once you go grab that free guide and everything makes more sense to you. Um, so we have a, a C chord. A C root triad, because it's a root, because it has the root, a.k.a. the lowest note, or the, lo the note that the chord is named after, C, in the root. And then we also have an E and a G in a C major triad. So that's our root chord. Is your, if you want to see it that way, traditional C major chord. It's what you think of when you think of a C major chord. Because when you think of a C major chord, you probably don't think, oh yeah, E, G, C. Um, that's true, but usually you think of it as, all right, let's start with the C and then figure out the notes from there. So, I mentioned before that the inversion of a triad, or whether it's in root position, is, b is based purely on what's in the bass. So there's going to be a couple things to keep in mind here. And one of those is that really this is only defined by the fact that the lowest note is a C. And in the scheme of how you would use roots and inversions in music in general, you know, you, th there's almost never going to be a point in a song where what you're playing is just this, right? Like, this is probably going to be at least something in the bass of the piano, right? Because right now I'm just playing this with my right hand. This, there's going to be something in the bass piano at least, right? Sorry, I can't give you anything exotic. I can't reach my pedal from <laughs> from here. Um, but you get the point, right? Where there's a little bit more going on in the piano. Or if you're looking from a whole band standpoint, right? There's a bass guitarist playing something. There is, uh, There are um, multiple guitarists, perhaps, playing something. You know, you may have violinists or, or other instrumentalists as well. And all that matters, all that matters in determining whether it's a root first inversion or second inversion is the root, is the bass note. So really, a lot of times in a band scenario, the way you're going to look at it is everybody play this chord and it's very important that the bass guitarist plays this specific note, which we'll get into that a little bit further down the road. But for now, just keep that in mind. So, let's take a look at what the first inversion is. So really what an inversion is, 
And this is also true of intervals, by the way. You can do the, everything we're talking about today is the, sa the same thing as true with intervals. I'll have a podcast on that, I'm sure, as well. But for now, we'll just leave it at that. So we have this root C major chord where the root, so C, is the one that's in the bass. Now, in an inversion, when you invert a chord, really what you're doing is you're taking the lowest note, in this case C, and putting that note up the octave instead of where it is. So we take the, the, two in, the, the second and third note from that chord, right, because we had this before, so now we're taking this, and then putting the C up the octave. That's the same chord. It's the exact same chord. They're both C chords. They're both C major triads, to be specific. But the second one is the first inversion. The first inversion because we took that, we took that C. Oh, whoops. That's what I get for having my keyboard really far away from me. So we have that C chord, right? That C major chord. And then we take that C and put that up the octave. So now, instead of the traditional triad where we have everything in thirds, really what we have is a E in the, in the, as the lowest note, right? So first inversion of a C major chord is going to have an E as the lowest note because that C has been moved up the octave. And then we have the G. So we have the remnants of the original C major root triad with that E and G, and then the moved up the octave C, which is actually, that's a third still, but now we have a fourth from G to, to C. So it changes things a little bit, makes the intervals not the same. Even though really it's all the same notes, so really it is all the same because the C is just up the octave. Um, so this is when it's interesting to mention that when we're looking at it as a basic triad, right? That is in first inversion. But I can still play this. And once I put that, that, that C in octaves in the bass, it's back to being a root triad because again all that matters is what's in the bass whatever the lowest note is is all that matters and in that case I was playing a C but then I had a first inversion triad that I was playing with my right hand so right there what I just said whoops again is I had that C major triad in the root position and then I did the first inversion of it but I played C in the bass the whole time so really that whole time in that case it would all be root it's so weird to play without the pedal so that's why I mentioned that before that's really important to note that really all that matters for determining overall, is this chord being played in root position or first inversion or second inversion, which we're about to get into, 
the only thing that matters is that bass note. So if you've ever looked at a lyric sheet that has guitar chords on it, or more specifically the the letters that represent guitar chords. Have you ever seen something that's like G slash D? Or, to keep it in the key of C, a C slash E? Now what that's saying is, what that literally is saying is basically C chord and then the slash E means with an E in the bass. So it's telling the guitarists and the pianists and everybody else, hey, this is a C chord. But then it's telling the bass guitarist specifically, hey, you're playing an E, though. You're not playing the C like everybody else. You're playing an E. So what is that, really? Really, very literally, that means the same exact thing as a first inversion chord, right? Because the first inversion of a C triad, as we just went over, we have a C triad. First inversion, put that C up the octave. Now the lowest note is an E. So that is very literally saying, hey, this is a C chord first inversion. When you see C slash E. So then, let's take it to the second inversion. This is our last one, because there's only three. We have our root, first inversion, and then second version. Notice how all of these have slightly different characters to them, which, which shows you just, just how much power there is, because this is even just the right hand of a piano part, right? Like, when you think of combining this with some lead guitars and some other guitars and a vocal line, and it's, it's incredible how you can break down music to these small parts to really figure out the inner workings, but then... Um, the little differences they make in the big picture, and, and it's, it's, it becomes a beautiful tapestry of, of, uh, of little musical decisions, which excites me. Hopefully it excites you. Um, so again, we have the C root chord, and then the first inversion, and then again, with inversion, you take the lowest note and put it up the octave. So we take our E, which is our current lowest note in the first inversion, and put that up the octave. So now we have G, that last note of the original triad, and then the C that's up the octave, and then the E now that's up the octave. So now we have a fourth from the first note to the second note, and then a third. So we started with all thirds. Then we had a third, and then a fourth, and then this one, we had a fourth, and then a third. So it's all the same notes, it just depends what octave they're in, really. And this is our second inversion. So now, if we look back to the lyric sheet where you have a guitar chord marked, what do you think this would be? If the first inversion was a C slash E, what would this be? A C slash G is hopefully what you just said, because it's literally saying this is a C chord, but hey, this has a G in the bass. Because normally you would just assume it has a C in the bass because it's a C chord. But this is explicitly telling you, no, it's a G in the bass. In other words, it is the second inversion of a C major triad. So, there's some important things within this. 
One is just an understanding of inversions. And we don't have the time because, well, I don't want this podcast to be multiple hours. Um, and I want to be able to make this podcast at a future time. Um, and you probably don't have hours to just sit there and listen to this single podcast for all the ways to use triads, which is not the point of this podcast. I'm just trying to teach you what these triad root and inversions are. But there's a lot of just important takeaways. There's a lot of important takeaways. And one of them is what we just mentioned about reading, I don't want to call it music, but, you know, if you're in a worship team or if you're playing a band or whatever it is, and you ever have those lyric sheets that have the guitar chords on it, and, you know, sometimes I think people don't really realize what they're seeing when they see the C slash E, or, you know, a G slash D, or, or whenever they see that, they just think, oh, well, it's just telling the bass guitar to play this other note, and they think nothing more of it. Right? Which is a lot of music, right? We kind of just take things for granted until somebody breaks it down for us. And then you're like, oh, okay, that makes a little more sense. So now, hopefully, when you see that, you're going to say, oh, that's specifying a specific inversion. And another, another takeaway here is the character change. To me, it's all the same chord, but they all sound very different. Right? Like, and by very different, I mean... They all have a slightly different character. Now, in context, they're all going to sound very similar because, in context, a C chord is a C chord, and you can just sort of flavor it slightly differently depending on the interval. And other things to keep in mind is, well, let me just play something real quick. was just a really basic I'm I'm playing around with again in the in the key of C I did uh, C G and I did an A minor and and an F but in that case I did all root of those chords so I had that C G A and F but really, what inversions gives you is that option to think of chords differently other than your basic triad where everything's in thirds. And you can flavor it a little differently. So let me give you an example of using different inversions of those chords so that I'm not hopping all over the place with my right hand and instead everything feels a little more together. Uh, first, I'll play the original version again as an example to compare. is moving around a lot and then but here's something else we could do with inversions so 
So there, I, it was the exact same chord progression. I did the same thing, but each time I sort of changed up which, um, which inversion I did. And that totally changes the flavor, right? So that is root C. But then I decided to do this. which is actually the first inversion of G because I took for the C, I have the C, E, and G. So instead of for G going to the G chord, me going all the way up to here where I have the basic root G triad of G, B, and D, instead from the C chord, I decided I'm going to keep the same G for my G chord and then just move this E down to a D, one down, and my C from the root of the C chord down to a B. So now I have a G chord with a B, D, G. And this is the same G I had for the G chord, I mean the C chord. So I really just took the C and E, moved them down. And because that has a B in the bass, which is the second note of the triad for G, right? So for G, we skip over A, and then we have a B, and then we skip over, because again, in thirds, and we skip over, excuse me, uh, C for a D, we have a B in the bass, so we have a, our first inversion. And that's just really useful for a bunch of reasons. Uh, again, I feel like I'm saying that's this a lot for this podcast, um, but something I plan to cover a little more in depth in the future, but I just want to quickly put it out there now, is a part of this is in general, sometimes as songwriters even, we want to think like composers. And one of the, the rules, I put rules in... Um, quotations sort of because in general all of these rules of music are things that are more like general guidelines that if you're not following them you should think like is there a real good reason I'm breaking this rule um or and or if something sounds bad and then you look at these rules and see which one you're breaking you're like oh that's that's probably why it doesn't sound good so it's not a hard fast rule but in general in composition you want to you often want to keep one note the same as you're ch as you're changing as you're changing from one part to the other. So if you're changing from one chord to the next or one you know strike of a note to the next, you want one of the notes to generally stay the same. And usually you don't want everything moving up and down. So if you listen to an orchestra play, right? Like usually all of the instruments aren't going up together, right? Like the violins are going up and the cellos are going up and the violas are going up and the double bass is going up. Like that's very rare. It doesn't usually happen. Usually one will maybe stay on the same note. One instrument will go up and two will go down. And that helps to feel homogenous and sort of like a journey, uh, which is sort of what inversions gives us too. Because this is, it sounds very disjointed comparatively. Compared to this. 
your ability to flavor things is just very different when you're working with roots and inversions and understand what you're doing. So if this was helpful to you, uh, those of you that are on my email list know and have received this already, but I have a new guide and it is, well, I haven't gotten any feedback on it, but I am unbelievably proud of it because I honestly think that it will take you from no music theory understanding to understanding everything you really need to know um, about music theory for songwriting specifically. So I use a ton of music knowledge that, um, like what I'm using today with, with inversions and stuff like that. And all of that I think is really useful. Uh, I wouldn't teach it if I didn't think it was. But the vast majority, 90% of what I think of and and the ways that I'm, I'm thinking through as I write a song is covered in this guide. Um, so whether you've been with us for a while and you just want something that will help you put it all together or you're new to us and this is the first podcast you heard, um, no matter what situation you're in, this guide, I'm confident will help you. Even at the beginning, I give you a guide of, of, of how to read through it to get the most out of it, um, which is basically there's four sections. There's four big picture things that I teach you that are really important to just understanding. Um, and I tell you, read through a section and then reread through it until you really understand it. Then move on to the next section. Do that through all four sections and then blow through the whole thing again make sure you really have everything down and if you do that it's gonna just you, you'll just crush it with uh your understanding of music theory specifically for songwriting um it's called simplify music theory music theory for songwriters because that's why we're here right songwriter theory um and i am super confident that it will absolutely help you and this is a guide that I mentioned as well at the beginning or towards the beginning of this podcast where I said um, that there's going to be a free guide that you can check out that if you are lost with some of the things I was mentioning, like like chords and triads and how I know that a C major chord has a C, E, and G beyond just memorizing it, right? Because we don't want to just memorize things, right? We want to understand how it works so that even if... You know, with no context, I don't know, say, what the key of E is. You can always figure it out. And those are the kind of tools that I'm giving you in this free guide. Is the tools that um, even if you don't memorize certain things, like I, at this point, just know what the key of E is. Just off the top of my head, right? Um, but it takes a little while to get there. And, and really what you need to have is a root understanding of why it has the notes that it has and the easy way to figure that out for all the different keys and then I go over stuff like that for chords and for chord progressions and all the things that are just the heart of what we do um, so I, I just so much believe in this guide it is absolutely baller again it's yours free because I made it for you guys 
That's what this podcast is for, right? It's for you. Um, you can go check it out and uh, get that download just by going to songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. It will have no dashes in it or anything, so it's just slash music theory guide. I'll put the link in the description, especially if I change my mind on what the link will be. Uh, so check out the link in the description, see if it's different. Um, but otherwise, just go visit what I just said out loud, because hopefully that's the one I end up sticking with. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a super help for you, so I highly recommend it. Totally free. Go check it out. Hey, friend. I just wanted to thank you for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I genuinely appreciate all of your support. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you have already told a friend, go tell another one. And if you want a simple guide to start writing a new song today, be sure to download my free guide, Simplify Songwriting, the simple guide to start writing a song today at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. If you're overwhelmed by songwriting or often get stuck in creative ruts, this guide will help you push through and get started writing your new song today.